The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, Double G here for Fight Game Media. Your free episode of the week is the Dynamite Show with Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins post Tuesday Night War. Dynamite and NXT were head to head today. Both were pretty good shows. So I said today, I, I actually this yesterday because this is going to be uh, posted on Wednesday morning. So my apologies yesterday. Uh, Paul and Jeff, uh, they're going to talk about Adam Copeland against Luchasaurus. Two title changes on Title Tuesday. Danielson and Strickland and Hangman. And uh, Jay White. And a promo segment between Jay White and MJF that was really, really good. It turned uh, pretty controversial at the end and I'm sure a lot of people have thoughts on uh, on how it turned, and uh, Jeff and Paul do as well. So, uh, one thing before we get to the show, uh, patreon.com front slash fightgamemedia, obviously where you can hear all of our podcast content, but this Friday, we're doing our very first happy hour, which is for all of our $10 subscribers periodically originally i thought maybe monthly we're probably going to change that just because it's so hard for people to get together uh monthly but you know whether it's quarterly or every other month or whatever we as in the podcasters on fight game media we're going to get together and we want to go into like a virtual chat like zoom you know think of back in the pandemic when everyone's on zoom we just want to hang out with our subscribers, and uh, so we set it up for Friday. You can still get in on it if you want to. Uh, you just have to subscribe. Patreon.com front slash fight game media, the $10 tier, and uh, we'll add you to the list there. So this Friday will be, is the first one, but we're going to keep doing them. Um, you know, we'll do them. We'll try to even make them thematic in some ways. So... Enjoy the Dynamite Show, Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins. You can hear the Dynamite Show if you enjoy it every week, Wednesday evening on the Patreon. Uh, pretty much, I would say, an hour after, I would say two hours after Dynamite ends on the East Coast is generally when we get it up. So uh, it's pretty quick. You, you have a, a nice little instant reaction to, to Dynamite if you subscribe to the Patreon. All right, here are Paul and Jeff and their thoughts on AEW Title Tuesday 
the Tuesday Night War. The Dynamite Show, Paul Fontaine, alongside Jeff Hawkins on the Fight Game Media Network. Coming to you a little bit late today because it's Title Tuesday. And a uh, couple things. We've been approved. I don't know if you know this, Jeff. We've been approved for an overrun. Oh, so, good. So uh, if, if we need it, we can go there. And um, I did promise on Twitter that John Cena was going to be here. He is here, but you can't see him, unfortunately. But trust me, he's here. He's he did not just say that joke. You didn't say that joke on the air, did you? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I actually had a computer set up, and I was going <laughs> to have John Cena's name on it, but I couldn't get the camera to work. I haven't used that computer in so long, and uh, I haven't used a camera maybe ever. So I appreciate the attempts at levity right now, Paul. Yeah, yeah I know. You know what? Um, we are going to go slightly off script here, and I'm going to let Jeff have the floor because there was one segment on this show that he is just dying to talk about. And I brought it up on Twitter um, saying I love the segment, not meaning a particular portion of the segment, which is what Jeff is going to talk about now. And I'll have some thoughts. But I do want to mention before Jeff gets going, I am blissfully unaware of what's going on in the world because I watch way too much wrestling. I don't watch the news. I ignore my news feeds. <laughs> and so I really don't know what's going on outside of my own backyard. But uh, I'm sure they are. And Jeff, go. Not to give you a recap of what's going on in the world, Paul. Everyone but me knows, so you don't. That's need to. fine, but everybody knows, so we don't need we don't need to discuss that part of it. Right. This is possibly the most tone deaf segment I've ever seen on wrestling. I grew up in the '80s, and there's blatant racism in the '80s that 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 those of us in Gen X have to account for when 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 telling people about the history of professional wrestling, especially Southern wrestling. This worse than uh, that dude. I uh, can't even remember his name, but that was. Starting to be a terrorist with Hulk Hogan. Uh, oh no 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 no! We're, we're we're this is on par with Muhammad Hassan and the Undertaker. Okay. In yeah, terms okay. of tone deafness and letting a segment go. Okay. It gotcha. really is, and 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 I don't care if MJF was okay with it. I really don't. There's there's a responsibility to read the room here, and maybe it's just I have bought in a little bit to the AEW facade slash veneer of being the tolerant company where this kind of stuff isn't, doesn't happen and they don't tweak people like this, but they leaned into the anti-Semitism on this one, Paul. Yes. They put Friedman on the roll of quarters, not MJF, not MJF. Not Max. Not Max, not MJF, not Triple B, not the devil, not whatever you want to put on. They put Friedman on there for a reason. Yeah. And this has been next to the mid-1940s. The worst time for Judaism since then. And I can't get over my anger that they approved this spot to go wait a few weeks. You have six weeks to build this. 
or this is wait a few weeks so you can so you can actually realize that no we can't do this <laughs> yes like, and, and and it doesn't matter if everybody involved was okay with it this got approved by somebody i am like fully convinced now that the original plan for Cole and MJF was Cole was going to hit him with the roll of quarters. I would, well, I said that too, and everybody said, "No, yeah. you're you're yeah. you're ridiculous." But and the fact that they that they did this now, <laughs> I this mean, is, you know, this is Sergeant yeah. Slaughter erect sympathizer level of tone deafness. But the difference there is that wasn't tone deaf. That was they were deliberately trying yes. to do something. Well, they're deliberately trying to do this in my in my so they're opinion, not being this is for, deaf. I think this is yeah. for cheap heat and headlines. I do. Okay. And do you think that MJF is going to go on Twitter and play the card that that you know what um you know I'm Jewish and I'm okay with it so you should be too or is he going to actually play is is he going to actually go the other way and come after the character of Juice Robinson for doing it? I think he's going to come after the character of Juice Robinson for doing it, or he's going to go. He's going to try and uh, parse it a bit and say, "Hey, you know, I was okay with it, but I realized many others weren't, and I'm sorry for anybody I offended." Yeah, um, Sam here has a good good point. I think she wonders if this is what MJF wanted to do to call out anti-Semitism. That I mean, that very well could be. I know MJF is a deeply religious person; he takes his faith seriously, and that could be his intent and, but that's where you need someone yeah. in the room to say okay we've got to do this a different way and here's my caveat um from 2000 to 2008 i lived in an orthodox jewish neighborhood i you know I, I live and i live a half a mile away from there i'm still very close to a lot of the a lot of my neighbors still and they are hurting right now some of them have dead relatives over there etc cetera, etc cetera. i might be a little bit amped up about this whole mm -hmm. thing, but, but I can't take full, I'm not trying to do stolen valor here or anything. I, it's not my tragedy, but it's a tragedy type of a thing with me. And I, I just, look, I've been in, I've been in writer's rooms and you're allowed to be as offensive as possible in there, et cetera, et cetera. But you would never go to air with a joke, right? After, you, you would, you would, postpone yeah. the episode or yeah. you wouldn't air the episode there's been that that's happened before like you've had a subplot in there that was a little bit too close to home to the to the headlines and you wouldn't air it at all even wwe is nixed things um you know not that long ago um you know when uh jay briscoe died they had a skit scheduled where they were going to do a uh like a funeral uh like a mock funeral yeah. for characters yeah. and they no no we can't do that um, yeah, no. And in this case, somebody needed to say, and could it be that Tony is so wrapped up in this w Tuesday night war and, you know, getting pe things on YouTube before the show and, you know, trying to do whatever he can to beat NXT that something like this just, he was just so in the weeds that it didn't even occur to him. I mean, it's possible. And if that's the case, he's doing too much because this was his job to to say no, <laughs> um, we can't do this. Okay, yeah, it's also on the rundown, probably. Yeah. Someone needs to point this out. Yeah, but are they are they scared to call, call out Tony on something? They better not be. 
<laughs> oh, you heard how mean he is when when he yelled at Adam Cole and MJF in that oh, room. Stop! There? Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Make me laugh yeah. right now. I'm I'm angry. Uh, no, um, I, I mean, get it. I, Sam wonders if it's an MJF call. I'm sure it was an MJF call, but that this is a, this is a, this is you yeah. need to save somebody from their their own instincts. Yes type of yeah. a thing i get oh i'm gonna make a strong statement today on anti-semitism that's not that ain't it chief yeah <laughs> not and not in this at this time um you know and 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 yeah maybe the idea was at some point i'm sure that mjf like when he he brought that thing up twice in promos so i'm sure in the back of his mind he had something like this that he wanted to do and that's um, my argument, and that's also my argument against this being part of Juice's already known lore of using a roll of quarters, because yeah, you, uh, it does it doesn't matter. You've already you ascribed anti-Semitism to the roll of quarters. The role, I, and I I wouldn't, but you could have done the roll of quarters without putting Friedman on it, like, as you said. You yes. could have you could have threatened the roll of quarters without actually showing it, and that could have been enough to get MJF going. You know, uh, he could even bring up, you know, what, you know, what's going on. You know, I've talked about it and you're not going there. And creatively, you know? I'll, t- I'll talk about the reactions and stuff because I thought, you know, the acting on that part was fine. But it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just the absolute, I am, I am gobsmacked, especially because every, you know, half this talent are very sociopolitically minded. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're the types who take the the pictures with the people with the posters of you know of trans kids, et cetera, et cetera. And and it's just this this and and the company embraces that. And I'm sure and, MJF has been bothered, you know, ever since everything that went down in the Middle East has gone down. You know, like yeah. I'm sure it's weighing on him pretty heavily, right? Yeah, now. I and I am too, and I'm I I I get it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, even even I mean, <laughs> someone someone this this is giving people too much creative freedom and i just i'm i i i i said in the and then our discord chat i i was so angry i i kind of mentally tuned out a bit i mean i watched the show i, I, I can i can talk about the show but i was not emotionally invested in the show after that i just i'm that there the thing is the, the frustrating thing is is that that i mean the, it completely wasn't necessary. Yes. You know, because that segment had a lot of heat already without that. You remember a couple of weeks ago, you were livid about the a UFC card where there were a couple of promos that yes. were homophobic. Yeah. 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 Was that card overall good fighting? I honestly don't remember because okay. all I remember and is and, and that, I think yeah. that's what's going to happen here too. I thought this yeah. card was pretty darn good. I thought the show was pretty darn good, but the thing I'm taking away from it is the worst aspect of it. Yeah. And they should be ashamed of themselves. They should if Tony hasn't come out with a tweet yet after after because you know he's online and you know he's reading the feedback and if he's laughing about or whatever secretly he needs he needs to straighten up he needs to come out with a tweet sooner than later apologizing yeah uh do you think he will i think he will over uh, after a day i I think it'll be uh, i think it'll come tomorrow and maybe even um you know his corporate partners are gonna have to do something I uh, I don't I don't do that crap. I'm sorry. I'm not going to threaten him with a boycott or something. I mean, they can if they want, but if, if 
I don't, and I don't want people doing that. That that I hate that stuff, man. I, I do, but I get it if they do. I don't. You know what? WWE wouldn't wouldn't be beneath doing that though. They've I mean, done it I mean before. WB, I mean WBD. No, oh, I mean yeah, WBD could if if they get wind of it, but who knows if any of them actually watch the product. I mean, it takes. Oh, it takes, you don't think the uh, gonna send them something? Oh no, that's what I meant. I mean, you know, it took twenty Twitter users to get some guy on the board to yeah. say Jay Briscoe couldn't come in because of stuff he said years ago. But WWE has done this before. They did this with uh, the the the, uh, the pizza cutter thing, didn't they? Yeah. With Nick Gage, yeah. weren't they the yeah. ones behind the whole? <laughs> trashing the or telling the sponsors hey do you want that kind of stuff on on this tv thing they will do the underhanded stuff and you don't give that chance to your enemy to do this i mean all all the all the garbage talk about this being you know tuesday night war or whatever i got (laughs) it's uh, all yeah i I saw this here i put it up on the screen in case anybody hasn't seen it um could be that it was a uh that that's why he put that out there Yes, he, he was. He was, he was trying to gild the lily a bit, or gild the razor, yeah. whatever, however they yeah. say that. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, I'm about to do something." <laughs> oh, yeah, but by the and, way, yeah, exactly. Um, and again, it it took away from I thought was what was a pretty darn great segment. I said so on Twitter, and you know, not I mean, obviously, knowing that the tone that the quarters thing was bad. And and I will also say at the time I made that tweet, <laughs> and people are not going to believe this, but trust me, I watch way too much wrestling. I was blissfully unaware of what's going on in the Middle East, and uh, it was explained to me by a good friend who um, who lived in Israel for ten years um, and is Jewish, um, and uh, you know, and he's only been back in the in the states for a couple of years. So, um, you know, this obviously hit real home for him and he is a huge MJF fan and he was not happy with his angle. Now I looked again, he's not specifically criticizing MJF for it. Um, that I, and again, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know if he's mad at MJF or not, but he is definitely mad that that angle aired. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, like it was completely unnecessary. Because you know they they had heat, they had a lot of heat for this angle, um, and we'll talk about it. But uh, the, the short answer is, I thought it was MJF's one of MJF's best promos he's ever done, um, and the best babyface promo he's ever done. He was serious. He was reacting yeah. the correct way. He gave he gave motive to why he wants the title back, and you know, I mean, and, it and, was. It, yeah, it, it was perfect. It, it was but... a perfect 180. Look, he he took a lot of crap online, especially from my yeah. other home voices of wrestling, and also from yeah. Alan Forel, who you know, yeah. ex from ex wrestling observer now uh, with the torch. I think torch. still. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. Um, you know about about and and he said, "Hey, I dropped the ball, et cetera, et cetera." I kind of questioned, does he know why he dropped the ball? I wasn't sure if they knew or not, but he came out did a very passionate promo. It was Jay White this week who dropped the ball, in my opinion. I thought his mic work was lightweight as hell, but um, we'll get into that. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. And I, you know, I I'm glad you brought it up last week because we'll we'll kind of slowly move on and yeah, we'll get back we'll, to this. We'll get to everything. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk just a little bit about last week because, um, as as most you know, most people watching and listening are aware, I was away last week. Um, 
I uh, had the great misfortune of watching my Toronto Blue Jays <laughs> shit the bed in Minnesota. <laughs> um, and uh, I listened to I listened to your show with Kevin on on my way back. Yes. And uh, before before watching Dynamite, you blew up the so chat too. By the way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm listening to your show, <laughs> and and I'm thinking, this does not sound like a show that I'll really like all that much. And then you had put over um, Edge's promo at the end, and you know, and, and I will say, I, I watched the show, and uh, uh, yeah, Matt Matt liked the episode as well, and and I'll get to that too. And I agree with pretty much everything Matt Matt said there. Um, but I, um, I didn't like that show at all. Um, I, and I didn't really like the edge promo at the end that much. Um, I thought the energy was good. I just, it, it was the same promo we've heard from him in WWE. I yeah. We, I didn't we, like the show, but I liked the, the promo. We heard the promo good. in on collision as well. Yeah. Um, you know, for the few of us that actually watch collision and I mostly um, like Christian during that promo. I think he was the one Christian was that. good. Christian was good. Although the cut I saw um we didn't i didn't have a clue if i hadn't listened to your show i wouldn't have known what he said because okay. they didn't yeah they they completely bleeped it out and you didn't even see his face so um but you know you got a pretty good idea and then the, a later clip i saw it was go bleep yourself so you know yeah pretty obvious what he says but um and i thought oh my god that mjf adam cole thing or or the adam cole kingdom stuff mm-hmm. was so bad I mean that yeah. should never have made air, and they aired it twice. Yes, <laughs> I just and the ang- like I don't know what they think they're doing. I think that's Jimmy Jacobs. Um, because, it feels like, like it. The, yeah, the close-ups and the music. It's, the, it's the close-up is, faces his thing because they yeah, did that again yeah. this week too, and I was just yeah. like, what is? And he is- did more of it. Yeah, I mean, with, with not just Cole, but with MJF, with with I keep saying MJF, with Roddy, with the uh, Matt, with Bennett. Um, and and this freaking giraffe and and I thought this week was better than last week. It, okay, it let me just because it was shorter, let me set a but. stage here for this week as we're getting into this show. Yeah. Then, sure, because a lot of the talk here is about this Tuesday night war thing, and after after tonight, everything remains the same, kids. Uh, AEW is a yep. solid number two. That's very successful. NXT is still the developmental territory of the WWE. And it just had some good guest stars. Now, the one point that was being made all week was how, oh, look how gotten to WWE is by putting <laughs> all those stars on TV. And let, let's let's not let's not forget. I don't know if you saw Tony's tweet calling oh, yeah. uh, calling HBK a bald asshole. He's a little yep. gotten to too. But he sent it to me. Oh, I did. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I had I already seen it. Though. I don't watch my own show. What am I, I doing? Know. The, um, funny, the funny but, thing is, though, I had seen it, but I didn't realize it was Tony's tweet. But anyways, one of the things missing from this context is when you look at who they put on this title Tuesday to be the heavy hitters, it was not most of the elite. There was no Kenny nope. Omega or the Young Bucks here. Nope. There was no four pillars other than the MJF appearance here. Yeah, this no was Sammy. this was John Moxley, Brian Danielson. Um, uh, well, Soraya. yeah, they advertised Moxley. They didn't deliver him. They advertised but, yeah. him to get you in. Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, Christian Adam Copeland. It was all ex WWE guys. Yeah, and that's who they're relying on. 
Yeah, I mean, every match, that's your I star think. power, and that's part of your problem here, in my opinion. But you know, Danielson, nevertheless, I'm looking at the lineup: Danielson, Jericho. Okay, you had Orange Jericho, Cassidy versus yes. Phoenix, but that was originally Moxley. Yes, that was originally um, Moxley. So you had Matt Sedell and Wardlow, and Hangman Page and Jay White. Those, okay, those but are, but and, out of those two, only only the Hangman and 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 White was advertised. Wardlow was not. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Hangman and White was, you know, and that and then everybody, and then every other match had a, had an ex WWE yeah. headline, not, not just a, and... not just a minor person, a headliner yeah. in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're you're right about that. They didn't rely on the elite. No bucks anywhere to be found on this episode. Um, I guess Hangman's part of the elite, so you know we can we can include. But, but now that I've been very critical about a lot of things, I overall liked the show. I I love the show. I I thought like uh, like Matt said. One of the better shows they've done uh, up until, I will say, up until the Hikaru Shida Soraya match. And then it kind of went down a bit. And then the main event, um, I will talk about it more at the end, but that was a complete WWE match. Yes. Not not a good one. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, the ending was good, but that's the same as all WWE matches. You know, they do all the bullshit at the end and, and, it, and it's, you know, they got a great ending. But, uh, you know, and, and then you had the wild brawl at the end, which was fun. But um, that match, I mean, for an AEW show, if you're telling people like this is the best we got to offer and your main event of that show is 49-year-old Adam Copeland and Luchasaurus having a plotting WWE style, you know, top of the second hour raw match yeah um you know that was a that was a misstep i mean i you should have main evented this with hangman and swerve in my opinion um but you know they didn't um and uh, but yeah i thought like overall the show was great um did you did you watch the uh the <laughs> so you talked about how tony's been gotten to so the 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 chrono the chronology of this was i heard about i recorded um uh, my MMA show with Ryan Frederick in in Minnesota on Tuesday night, and he told me about all the NXT stuff. So I already knew about that. Then I listened to your show and I heard about all the big matches that AEW is promoting. And really, we had three pay per view matches on this show that were advertised: um, Hangman and uh, Swerve, is, or Hangman and um, Jay White is a pay per view quality match. Danielson and Strickland is a pay per view quality match, and John Moxley and Ray Phoenix is a pay-per-view quality match. So that, you know, and I'm talking about what they advertise, not necessarily what they delivered. And even Jericho Hobbs, it, you, you could call that a pay-per-view match. And, uh, and I would say that, um, you know, so that was the first step. Then we start getting more announcements from NXT. Uh, they're bringing in Becky Lynch. They're bringing in the undertaker. They've already announced Cody Rhodes, John Cena, um, the brawling brutes with, uh, you know, uh, being brought on to team with Tyler Bate, like just on and on and on. And then today they were like, you know, every WWE superstar under contract was tweeting something about being asked to come to the show. So then we get NXT announces a 30 minute uh, commercial free start to the show. Almost immediately, Tony Khan tweets out that <laughs> we're doing a 30 minute uh, uh, commercial free. Then they, they, I might have this timeline wrong, but they announced a 10-minute overrun. Now, of course, NXT always has an overrun. So, you know, the joke was, oh, now they're going to do a 15-minute overrun. I think that they think they ended up going 15 minutes on AEW. Um, and then uh, we had, uh, then we had that. Then Tony Khan announces a buy-in for this show of uh, Eddie Kingston 
against Minoru Suzuki. I assume it was a Ring of Honor title match. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Um, and uh, yeah, I did you watch the Kingston match? Yes, you did. Okay, was it good? Yeah, it, 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 it's look, it's every Minoru Suzuki match you get, and almost every okay. Kingston match you get, but was still very good. I'm not saying that as a pejorative necessarily. It's just yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things where where it's like you know, uh, most of the match was Kingston smacking the hell out of, of Minoru Suzuki, and Minoru Suzuki smiling and laughing. And okay. and it and it took yeah. and it took Eddie about six of those spinning back fists to finally knock him out, and then he did the Northern Lights driver and and pinned him. So and was it a Ring of Honor title match? Do you know? It was it, both titles were on the line, I believe. Both titles. Wow, that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, so the, I mean, you know, that's great. You know, for the fans involved. I mean, I the last thing I wanted to watch tonight was more wrestling. So um, I will watch that match at some point um, when I think. When I remember that that it was on, um, I did see it on my YouTube guide, which is funny because I don't I'm not often checking that. Um, in fact, on my smart TV, it was showing up as a suggested viewing along with, you know, all the TV shows I watch and everything. So that, that was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, I thought it, it like, get, over- it got re- overall, your point, though, it got ridiculous with the we're going commercial yeah. free. Yeah, well, we're starting a half hour early. Yeah, well, we're giving everybody ice cream bars. Yeah, well. Yeah, I I I suggested in uh in a another in a Facebook group that I'm on that I mean at this point they're going to start offering viewers twenty five dollar gift cards to watch the show. You know, I might like, be able to watch the show. Pay per views that way, then that'd be great. <laughs> um, but uh, so I thought overall there is there is one thing I noticed on this show, and I I made note of it in my notes like every time it happened, but but I'll just kind of mention it now. And I assume you're pretty observant, so you would have noticed this as well. But I don't know if everyone would notice it. They Tell the women really, I date that I'm pretty observant because they don't believe <laughs> They really produced this show in a way that it made it very difficult to turn it off. Um, they kept throwing like, stuff at you like a pay-per-view. It not, never, not just they, that, they, but... they never took a break, really. It, it was no, one of those things. Even when they went to commercial, there was something going on. Um, every time they went to commercial, yeah, it was in the middle of someone talking, <laughs> like it, to the point where, like, I mean, it was weird because, like, they'd literally be in the middle of a sentence and they'd be cutting the commercial. At least that's um, how I saw it in Canada. I don't know if it was the same in in the states. All right, uh, the first couple, to, or at least two of them, were the Tony Storm silent vignettes, which I thought were creative. I thought that was some outside yeah. the box thinking. Oh, um, by the way, I didn't mention this when I was talking about last. I hate that Tony Storm shit. Um, like I, uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk I, about I, it as we get to it. Um, oh my god. Well, I mean, there wasn't. I oh, you mean the one from last week? The well, in the collision. Um, oh, the col- so oh the collision and stuff. Okay, yeah. The the stuff like the the match last week was. I mean, it was fine. The the collision match was. I, I don't I don't like the crane zoom of ready for my. I, I don't like the biting the ass. Like, what's that about? There was the, a lot of the, ass play on that collision, wasn't there? Yeah. And or the, am I thinking the rampage? Up, no, it was it was it was a collision because that was the AEW Savages butt as well. stuff, and it was just yeah. Weird. Well, and then I watched the um, uh, New Japan show with Taguchi doing that too, um, but uh, they they had um, uh, yeah. So I I don't really like the Tony. So I didn't see any of the Tony Storm stuff because I was flicking through the commercials. But but she's obviously really popular right now. If you look mm-hmm. at the ratings patterns, she's moving ratings, so it's working. And they they put it on 
in a spot where you can't turn the channel if you want to see it. And they it was clever because they called it a silent film. You, you kind of can because she literally on the first one left the screen for 30 seconds. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes, so I, I'm watching seconds. it. I'm going, it, it was like she left and I'm like, did she just leave her own silent movie for a while? <laughs> well, she went to go in the movie, I guess, because it was well, no, 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 no. She went. She went. She left on one side, and the gag was she she walked around the camera on the other side. And she entered the other side. Oh, okay. okay. It, it was a so total silent that. film gag, and I and I. But even it, during but during the matches, usually there'll be a spot where they'll say, you know, like you know, someone gets thrown to the outside, and they're like, yeah, dynamite rolls on, you know. It actually um, didn't actually work for that. the J for the Jay White match, in my opinion. I thought it was well, a little because it did. It went through two commercial breaks, and it was you know off putting to the style, and I almost tuned out during the picture. And well, picture, literally, like they're you. they're in the middle of like Talbert's talking, like. You know, oh, hey, you know, they go to the other time, and literally in the middle of a sentence, they just go to commercial. Yeah. Um, and the, and then there was a Don Callis promo where he's they talking. didn't want you flipping, pretty much. Yeah, because all of a sudden, like literally, he gets five words into his promo, and they cut to commercial, but but he's still on the screen, so you can't hear what he's saying. But you got to catch still holding up signs like he's Sammy Guevara, right? So that was clever. Um, yes. you know. Um, so I mean, all the, like literally every single commercial break gave you a reason to keep watching. Yes, which it, it was out of the box was, thinking. It was it was it was a risk, yeah. and I, I'll bet it worked. You know, uh, because it was the first time they tried it, and also because I think AEW fans are less likely to tune to NXT than NXT fans are to tune to AEW. That's just a gut feeling I have, but I don't know that. I, for sure. I, I think that I think tomorrow's going to be stupid. <laughs> once yeah. the numbers come out no uh, matter but, what happens but i think there was a lot of buzz for this nxt show because of okay. of the push and yeah it was cheap and it was ridiculous but both groups were doing cheap ridiculous stuff they were doing stunt casting that you know yeah. it was it was almost like a sweeps week type thing for both of them even though sweeps Absolutely. Week really doesn't, and doesn't you know exist what? anymore but yeah and we're the and we're the winners for it um, no, well, yes, podcaster. I don't know if the fans are the winners. I think the I think podcasters are the winners here. Could be, could be. Well, the funny thing is too, because I think a lot of the people, and again, it may just be the circles you run in, but I think a lot of the people that I interact with online, they don't even normally watch NXT, so I don't think they would have been watching this week, um, even with all the Gaga, because they don't watch WWE. Even. Right. So I have I have them, a lot more I have a lot more WWE fans in my in my okay Shake Them Ropes show. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we see. So they started out, it was a different open as well. It was a cold open, uh, Christian in the control center, cut a promo on Swerve and Danielson. He brought up how Swerve lost the match for him at all in. Um, and uh, he also brought up that Danielson uh, talks about being the number one wrestler in the world. Uh, but that's him because he's the top champion in this company. Um, and he mentioned a little birdie when he was talking about Danielson. So, you know, he's talking about his daughter. And I'm sure now that Danielson's won, he's going to bring up his dead father in a promo. Um, and it so happens his dead father's name, Buddy, which is... That's coming perfect. Friday. Yeah. Oh, Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I thought that kind of gave away that Danielson was winning. Of course, I just gave away that Danielson was winning. Um, and he says he'll come out later and elaborate about those three little words that he gave Copeland last week. And he says, uh, then he says, one of you assholes, play the opening credits. And he also claimed credit for the 30-minute commercial free. And he also pointed out that he's the face of TNT, even though they're on TBS, um, which is always kind of funny. 
Um, and uh, I hope he makes a mistake. He goes, I'm the face of true TV. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so they uh, started out with uh, Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland. Um, they had they had an excellent match, just an excellent match. They um, this uh, you know it's kind of started out slow. They're just kind of working, you know, a match. Danielson was selling his arm and then his ribs later on. Um, and uh, one thing I thought was weird was he did his spot where he goes, "It's time to kick," you know, where he goes, "It's time to kick his fucking head in." But he only said kick his head in. And I don't know if that's because he's supposed to be a baby face or what. Or maybe they have a direction. Hey, no more F words. He's a father. Um, he needs to. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah no, baby faces don't say F. But normally the crowd pops for that. But they didn't pop this time. And may, mm. I don't know if it's because he didn't swear or because they couldn't hear him or if it's just a shitty crowd. I'm not sure. But uh, the crowd was a little so weird they, at times. So, yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. Um the kicks, uh, you know, they got slower as it went on because Danielson was selling. He ended up getting a label lock on Swerve. Swerve got to the ropes. Then Danielson went for Kimura, but Swerve got to the ropes again. He starts running the ropes, but he fell after running into it with his ribs. I thought that was good. Swerve hit a house call and a Swerve stomp, but Danielson kicked sweet. out. That was awesome. Swerve got another yeah. no, uh, great near fall with a reverse powerbomb. Then Nana comes out. He distracts the ref. Swerve grabbed the crown. But Hangman Page appeared out of nowhere, showed up, and he took it away. And Danielson hit the Basaka knee and got the win. Um, I thought, you know, the the ending was, I mean, they were trying to further an angle, um, you know, between Hangman and Danielson. I thought they kind of booked themselves into a corner with these matches because when, when you mentioned the matches last week, I'm like, right away, I'm thinking, okay, wait a second. You can't beat <laughs> Swerve. Um, but you're not beating Danielson and Danielson Christian makes so much sense because of the dead father. So it's gotta be Danielson. And then hangman and Jay white, you can't beat Jay white right now. And hangman can't lose twice in a row. So, you know, I think in that case, they, they just, uh, you know, they, Paul, Paul I wish I had special effects right now. I do that. I do that thing like from uh, beautiful mind or that Lindsay Wagner thing where you have all these like, yeah, <laughs> formulas coming out of your head and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it was, but that's what I was thinking, and yeah, I mean, it kind of played out, I mean, this was the way out of it, um, you know, we had, we had Hangman get involved here, and, or we had Swerve get involved here, and then later on, Hangman got involved, so, but other I than liked... that, I mean, it was, oh, it was ahead, a great sorry. match. Yeah, yeah no, I, match. I, I thought that was a really fun match uh, for these two. Um, I liked that commentary put over the bad arm a lot. Yep. I thought that yep. was strong. I liked that Hangman came out. And was tired of the, uh, and tried to stop Nana's interference here. Yeah, I mean, that probably. Yeah, it probably should have. I mean, Blackpool Combat Club probably should have been out there with Brian Danielson. That's kind of a logical hole there, because that's the whole yeah. point of having the Blackpool Combat Club, is to watch and to have back. and to have Dan like Hangman helping Danielson is. Have they settled their differences yet? <laughs> I, don't, I guess they kind of shook hands, didn't they after? Stadium Stampede? Mm, possibly. I think they did. I, I don't remember that far yeah. back. Uh, but the match, is, I mean, look, Swerve is on a roll right now and on a run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't... Uh, I have a bit of a, a... A quibble. I kind of a disagree with the... I like Nana. I think they should cut back on the dancing. I think yeah, and you even had Swerve. I think they, you even had Swerve doing it during the match. I think they should 
have it be one of those things where, okay, now people like it. Now we're not going to give it to him because he's a heel and he can do it at special times and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I like, and as he explained, I like the dichotomy of goofy manager and super serious heel. I think that's okay. But I think, I think they're just doing it now way too much. It's kind of overwhelming the gimmick. So I, I would, uh, you know, I'd do a less is more thing, but you know, swerve, He's found something here. I, I think uh, I think the promos could use a little bit more uh, um, evil is, is the word I was going to use, a dread, something like that. But uh, other than that, I had no problem with this. I like this a lot. This would have been the best, one of the better matches on most pay-per-views. It was better than anything on Fastlane this weekend. Um, then hmm. Danielson cut a promo in the camera, told Christian he's coming for him. And then they just totally focused on Hangman after the match. He tossed the crown back in the ring, and he left through the crowd. Then we got a Samoa Joe video package, similar to last week's. It was, it was awesome. It says, the king of TV, soon to be the AEW champion. They showed highlights of the title match with MJF. Saturday on Collision, I start my road back to the title. I take what I want from anyone I want to. And on Saturday, I'm going to begin my ascension towards greatness. This was beautiful. Oh yeah, no. These things have been some of the best pro wrestling, pro wrestling stuff in a while. Yeah, yeah. This is great, and hopefully they continue, and hopefully we build to another match because that first one was great. Then we got Chris Jericho and Powerhouse Hobbs. Holy crap! This match. So when they announced this match, I thought, <laughs> you know, if there's one thing you could you got to do, and it's got to be a destruction, murder death, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. Yes. And it pretty much was that. Um, Jericho actually got a couple mini comebacks, which honestly we could have done without. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, he hit him, I think I, cause I wrote every one of them down. Uh, I think he hit him with six or seven spine busters and every one of them Jericho sold worse than the last one. And I thought like Jericho has never in his life looked older <laughs> than, than he looked here. And that was by design. And I guess technically he's never been older than he was today. <laughs> he will um, never be older than he is today. Well, tomorrow he will be. Well, um, no, tomorrow's another day. So he'll never be as old as he is today. Yeah. Always. Uh, but, uh, but uh, I, yeah. And, and so then, you know, after the spine busters weren't working, Jericho got his mini comeback. Then he starts hitting them with uh, like a, what is it? What do you call that? Like a power slam? Like you just kind of pick them up. Kind of almost like a reverse Samoan drop, you know, where he like just falls forward onto him. Yeah, where he where he like picked him up and then threw him down and landed on him. Um, I I I wrote down power slam, but hit him with like that's not exactly a power slam. A power slam is more like when when yeah when you're scooping him and throwing him over. It's just kind of what you call it. And Scalber always has a name for these things, and he didn't have a name for this. But uh, he did the same move three times. And and he's trash talking him the whole way. He's like, it's over, Chris. And then he's like, Aubrey was the ref, and he's like, tell her you quit. And getting right in his face, he's like kneeing him in the ribs. And uh, yeah, and, and then he finally hits that last one, and he covered him with a knee on his face. Twan like, Twan has a good day. Yeah, it's what Mark Henry called the world's strongest. Oh yeah, slam. yeah, world's strongest time. Absolutely, thanks, Twan. Um, yeah, that's what it was. It was just perfect. And now, and the only thing I would have done differently here is I would have had in the post-match attack when he was attacking Jericho, I would have had Kenny come out with a chair and chase off Hobbs. 
um, because that, you know, after the angle they did last week, you know, but Kenny wasn't there, I guess, tonight. Maybe he was on NXT. I haven't watched that yet, so I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was perfect. This was not a five-star match, but it was perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I just, I was amazed, impressed, and I loved it. I think Jericho got too much. I think yeah, he, yeah. I think he kicked I think he kicked out two times too many. It it, it felt well, like a longer match than it should have been. And it yeah. wasn't a long match, but it felt long because of all the kickouts and I'm like this is ridiculous. We don't need to protect Jericho this much right now. We can make up some story about how in the six man he was injured or something to that effect later and retcon it or something. But when you compare it to what Big Bill and Ricky Starks did on Collision to FTR, this should have been a much bigger destruction of Chris Jericho. And I, I just thought we didn't even, like, even if you had done something where, like, he splashes him when Jericho's back is turned and it throws him off yeah. for a second and you just continue to pummel him. Jericho needed no offense in this. He didn't need this, was, this many was seven, kickouts. It was seven minutes and 24 seconds. And yeah, it, it and could it have was been five four. minutes and 24 seconds too long to me. To me. Yeah. I mean, this should have been, it's, I mean, dead. What yeah. it could have been and maybe should have been was uh, you brought up the FTR match. I'll go a little further back and I'll bring up this is one of my favorite AW matches ever was the uh, Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee match where Brody Lee won the TNT title from. Yes where it was just a complete and utter destruction. I think yeah. it was like three minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and shocking to the point. And I think they, they got the reaction, like they got the shocked reaction that they were going for. But I think at, and maybe part of the reason was, was they were reveling in the booze. Um, this got a lot of heat. This was one of the most heated things on the show. Um, you know, and a lot of it was for Callus, but I think a lot of it was for Hobbs too. Um, the Valiant know. fight aspect of it from Jericho needed it needed something it needed a promo or it yeah. needed a shortcut I don't know which one exactly because you I mean I don't necessarily want Excalibur harping on oh he took the easy cheap way out blah 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 the whole time because you want that you know destruction and you want it to be real but I think maybe Jericho Need, there needed to be a reason why Jericho was allowed to put up this much offense and there needed to be some sort of promo beforehand where he was angry at, you know, to, to get there. But I just, watching this, it just felt like, nah, Jericho just doesn't feel like losing uh, without well, getting funny, some of his stuff in. So The funny thing is, I think your main takeaway from the match, from anybody watching it, was it was a complete and utter destruction. Yeah. And you barely even remember the comebacks that Jericho did. So because of that, why even bother doing them? Just do the just do the complete destruction. One and, kick and out. Maybe he should was, have been allowed one yeah. kick out. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, or maybe like one desperation spot where he like mm -hmm. low blows him or something, and, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and get, he goes for the, you know, Judas effect, and and Hobbs just ducks out, or you know, does the moonsault, and Hobbs just swats him away like some more Joe or something. No, but uh, we, but we, but it was we, great. Yeah, week two of the rebuild, it's working, so I'm good with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean Hobbs is. 10 times a bigger star than he was two weeks ago, in my opinion. Maybe that's when he was, a slightly when he was screwing around with Harley Cameron and QTV. Yeah. 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 Actually that's pretty fair. Um, and then after the match, he picked him up, gave him another world's strongest slam. And uh, Jericho is like, I wrote down almost literally dead. And he walked out to a course of booze. 
and a great, great segment. And uh, obviously, I think we're heading towards Powerhouse Hobbs and Kenny Omega at Full Gear. Um, and Hobbs should win that, I think, but we'll see. Uh, then we get a Cole video at Roddy's house. Uh, Cole still hasn't got his surgery. Roddy asked him to cut the grass. Cole's like, why can't they? And he points to David and Bennett. They're just standing there. And, um, and Roddy doesn't really have a good answer for him. It's kind of funny. Like the one thing I did like was Cole was kind of like, it's this surreal thing that's going on. And Cole is like treating it as if it's real. So I kind of actually like that part of it, um, you know, and, and so he's, he, they're playing this weird music and he's cutting the grass one handed on the scooter that Roddy gave him last week. Roddy says, you missed a spot. And he's like, I'll get it on the way back. And and they just kept doing these weird camera angles all over the place. And then, uh, and then they're done. And Cole says, I got to go home. And he says, I've been wearing this shirt for two weeks. And then he's like, no, no, don't worry. He says, I got, I got something for you. And they go, go back into the place, and he's wearing the same neck strong shirt that uh, the kingdom's wearing. Roddy is still in his hospital gown and his glasses. And, like, I don't know why he's wearing a hospital gown at home, but, you know. Comedy. Whatever. I'm, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Cole didn't bring that up. But mm -hmm. um, And uh, Cole asks, like, what's with this giraffe? And uh, Matt Taven says, it's Roddy's get well present. And he says the giraffe is the most neck strong animal out there. And then he asked Roddy, like, what's with this place? You don't have a television. You have no cell service. And uh, he says, I can't watch Dynamite. I want to see what's going on with Max. And Roddy says, we don't need TV. TV is the devil. And uh, and then Adam's like, okay, I got to go, Roddy. I got to get surgery. And uh, and then he's like, Adam, I just need one more thing. And then Cole, Cole's like, oh, my God. And then the scene ends. Now, I am starting to think that Adam Cole's not really hurt. <laughs> like, I know that he, he, everyone insists that he really is, but why hasn't he got his surgery yet? Or did they just film these a long time ago? Or has he actually got his surgery and they're just not telling us? Like, I don't know. I'm very confused by this, but I don't know. I'm still leaning towards this was a work. And, yeah. and, because, and he had a bad sprain, but I don't think. Just like watching he doesn't that, really need two surgeries. Yeah, just watching that. That I mean, I watched the injury over again, and it does not look like. I mean, it looks like he rolled his ankle. Is what it looked like. Um, yeah. I don't find these vignettes funny. I, I you you pointed I probably out didn't the, find it. I did. I didn't find it as funny as it probably sounded like I did when I was recapping it. I will say that. Because the thing is, you pointed out why he it it, it, it we don't feel. It's it's not funny for Adam Cole to say yes to these ridiculous things that are being asked of him without some sort of reason why he's saying yes. And it, why it, why isn't Roddy asking these other two idiots? Well, no, that 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 part is fine to call out and I thought that was good. And and yeah. and, and then uh <laughs> but they need more ridiculous answers. For it. Yeah, like, it's like oh, I'm they got to grass they have, or something. They have gout or something like that. Yeah, you know, just yeah. something ridiculous. You know, you have to do that. But, but the Cole doing things he is physically not supposed to be doing, while also on a scooter and it being dangerous for him to do it, there yeah. has to be more. There has to be either a justification or more pushback. I don't know which one on this would work necessarily, 
and, and I and again the close-ups are killing me. The close-ups are just so I I know how many blackheads each of these guys has now because I've been because because the camera is right in their right face. Up. You know, watching drips uh... of sweat. Some of them have clogged pores. I just you know, I it's it it's it's preposterous. The meta call out of I've been wearing this shirt for the last two weeks, kind of funny. Um, yeah. but overall I, I get they think this is much funnier and clever than it is. Let's put it that way. That that's and that's the tone that I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And and it's, and, and and where it's is it turning going? me off. It's turning me off because they go, We think this is some of the most clever stuff we've ever recorded. I'm just going, you know, well, comedy will... has laugh lines and this doesn't. So I will say that the um uh the the quarter hours on these are not great. Um, you know, it, the MJF stuff is doing good. But the when once you separate Cole from him and put him with the kingdom, you know, not so much. There is a person in our Discord that hates the these and the Tony Storm stuff even more than I do. And I pitched is it something Larry? to him and no. Okay. I pitched something to him that I I that I think they're gonna do, I thought they might do. And uh and he's like, Oh my god, they're gonna do it. And it's basically the next one is gonna be there at Whole Foods and uh, Roddy's making him do his shopping for him. And while he's doing the shopping and Roddy's like, Adam, I need this. Adam, I need that. And then you've got uh, uh, Taven and Bennett are like stealing stuff from the snack aisles and eating them while they're, while they're shopping. The, well, the okay. He, he's moved. Them. Well, hold on. But that, that doesn't go to progression of comedy then, because Why? what we've had is um, we've had him move furniture and then we've had him mow the lawn. So we need something more physically taxing. That's almost impossible oh, for him. To so maybe do. he's got to do his do his roof. He, he, has, his roof he, has to, he has to dig a backyard pool or something. This, <laughs> this is what this yeah. is leading to. This has to. You can't just go backwards and go. Okay, shop for my groceries or something. This has to be something even more preposterous yeah. that he should okay. not be doing in any. So way. my pitch would have got turned down in the writers' room then. Uh, in, in a comedy writers' room, yes. In a pro wrestling writers' room, they'd probably call it genius. So all right, all right. Um, all right, so Excalibur had told us earlier that they were going to explain how Orange Cassidy got his title shot, even though we advertised Ray Phoenix and John Moxley. And he just said, oh, well, Moxley's not medically cleared, so Orange hadn't got a rematch since he lost. So that was your explanation. All right, makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense is why Moxley even had the shot in the first place, which Orange Cassidy brought up in a promo last week. He's like, yes. why is he getting his... You know, no, I have and, and it's, and it's funny because because throughout the pre-show, they were plugging Moxley versus Phoenix, but we'll really? talk. About, and then they were saying, "But we'll talk about that match later." And then they announced wow. later in the pre-show, "Wow, that he was going to be unable to go." Wow. So, um, and for those that don't know, and I think a lot of people probably don't, he was supposed to wrestle on Sunday for Wrestling Revolver against Gringo Loco, and this is a match they'd been advertising for months, and. Even last week on Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez was having guests from the Wrestling Revolver shows all week. And he gets Renee on there on Thursday. And he's, uh, is, is John going to wrestle on Sunday? And Renee's like, um, you probably have to ask him about that. <laughs> like she doesn't want to answer the question. So immediately at that point, Brian Alvarez, he's a pro. He stopped advertising that match because I think he had a pretty good idea. Okay, she's telling me it's not happening without telling me it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And they continued to advertise it until the day of the show when Moxley came out and told the crowd he wasn't, wasn't medically cleared. Right. So 
I, I don't like that, but I get it. You know, I, I mean, you know, and at least they explained it. And uh, so, yeah, Orange Cassidy gets the title shot. Um, he came out to the ring with uh, with his backpack that he's carried the belt in. They showed highlights. It was one year ago this week when he won the belt um, in the uh, when he beat uh, Pac for it. So, um, and then we got the match: Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix. And uh, this was, you know, how oftentimes I'll say, "Oh, Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix." Close your eyes and picture an Orange Cassidy Ray Phoenix match, and that's what this was. That is not what this was. No. No, they started out throwing punches like they're Don Fry and Yoshihiro Takayama, um, which is, I mean, completely out of character for both of them. Orange Cassidy wasn't doing any of his standard stuff, like none of the hands in the pants, the weak kicks, none of that. Uh, Phoenix is throwing clotheslines like he's Bradshaw. Then he starts selling his back, and then they kind of started doing their match, and uh, Phoenix did his rope walk, but you know, every once in a while, he would be doing one of his signature spots, and then he kind of just collapsed from his back. And uh, the crowd was totally into Orange Cassidy. They're chanting freshly squeezed all the time. Phoenix went for a muscle buster. Um, I don't know why. And, of course, his back gave out. Then Orange Cassidy hit a diving DDT on Phoenix. Then he hit a tilt-a-whirl DDT off the ropes for two. Went for the orange punch, but Phoenix hit him with a super kick. Then Orange Cassidy hits beach break, and Phoenix kicked out. Then he hit the orange punch, and he hit the mousetrap, and he got the pin. And it was a total... I mean, this was almost as big of a one-sided match as the Hobbs-Jericho match was. Um, you know, and Orange Cassidy wrestled the most serious match he's probably ever wrestled in his life. And uh, I thought it was good. Like I liked it. Um, um, you missed you miss the, how the match was set up on the pre-show then, right? Or did they show that? I did, yeah. Anime? I'm trying to remember. Okay. Yeah, well, so no, they, they didn't. Show. I mean, yeah. Okay, so so what they did was they cut a, cut a vignette where, where, uh, where Renee's backstage with Tony Khan. Okay. And Tony Khan makes the announcement John Moxley won't be able to, to do the match tonight. And Hook comes in with his bag of, uh, I believe the, the this is the sweet chili Doritos that he is fond of. Uh, a very okay. good flavor. Not, not the plain lays? No, no, no. This, this is the purple bag. Um, Renee was very smart to turn those down last week, by the way. <laughs> Ed goes, hey, how about my boy, uh, oh, my boy Orange Cassidy here? Uh, you know, he never, he never, uh, he never lost or whatever. And Tony's sitting there kind of anticipating the lines and stuff. So it's, you know, he's, he's an amateur. He can do that, but, <laughs> but he offers the, uh, he offers the match to orange Cassidy. Who's kind of like, well, I, I guess, or, well, I can give it to somebody else. No, no, no. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, he, so I think, he, he so I, it. so I think the story was, this was quote unquote motivated orange Cassidy. And this is what we'd get when he's motivated. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, what you describe sounds like Orange Cassidy, yeah. And what you saw in this match w- was not what we normally you, see. You didn't Orange get Cassidy. the antics. You, you got no. you got the uh, you got a focus, almost focused, I guess. Um, and you had and not, a, not a, selling. At a little, yeah. Uh, there, that that one rope walk when he did the kick and missed by a half a mile, and everybody sold <laughs> yeah, it. Well, and then he had yeah. the guy, and 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 what? Oh, Excalibur called it a glancing blow. That was yeah, just that's, that's usually the clue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you didn't get a lot of then. You didn't get a lot. Of, you didn't get as much of the flying as you thought you would between these two. But it was still a fun match. A it lot was, of reversals. It wasn't wasn't very long. I got the card up here. What was it? Uh, I was shocked by the confetti, and a- then Penta enters the ring and then does nothing, even though he's kind of staring at him and kind of crowding him out in the ring. I was like, okay, that's how long weird. do you think this match was? 
six minutes. Keeping in mind, Jericho and Hobbs was was seven and a half minutes. Nine? Four and a half. Four and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this match was what was probably the length that the Jericho match should have been. Not including um, and entrances. They, okay. No, no, no. That's <laughs> just a match. That's just a match. But they packed a lot into that four and a half minutes. So yeah. um they uh yeah, they celebrated the 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 uh, confetti came out. Uh Penta ran out to check on Phoenix and uh Aubrey Hunters was there as well. And then uh best friends Rocky Romero and Hook. We're out to congratulate Orange Cassidy. I'm not sure why Rocky Romero was there, but probably wrestling Ring of Honor or something. Um, and uh, then they go backstage to Tony Storm. And I think this was the first commercial break. Yes. Um, they, yeah, backstage with Tony Tony Storm, and she's with RJ City. They're all in black and white. She says she's made a short film. It's called Lover's Lament. And, of course, it's the only type of film that is worth anything. It's a silent film. And they cut to commercial, and uh, I fast-forwarded it. Who's the other part of her promo, though? There was something that stood out to me. It's not – I want to say it's not about the matches. It's about the facials or something like that. It was some weird – it was almost a meta commentary on WWE philosophy of doing characters and stuff. It was very – it stood out to me as almost a pot shot across the bow. But uh, I got to give credit for the unrepentant stupidity of this silent film. Because okay, like I didn't watch it, so I, I watched it and it did nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh, and at one okay. point it was parallel to the commercial because the commercial had somebody driving and she was driving like it was auto insurance. I'm not sure if they synced that up on purpose, but I mean, uh, again, there was a point of the first film where she left the screen for like 15 to 20 seconds, and I'm just like, did she just? <laughs> and then it was just for the gag type thing. There was okay. nothing important in either of these silent films, but I watched them with interest because oddly enough i was more interested when they did this than when they do a picture and picture into a match yeah yeah because i mean again she's hot the i mean I, when i say hot i mean the character's hot i mean it's what, just what i can't concentrate like? on the match when there's something else on this right left hand of the screen screaming at me to buy pizza or insurance yeah so. but in this you could you could so uh get, they get back from break and uh matt sadell is being coming down to the ring to his music and Wardlow's already in the ring. We didn't get an entrance for Wardlow. I don't know if it was maybe. No, no, no. We did no, no. You're mixing that up. Uh, Seidel got in there, but Wardlow they put on his mute. I didn't. I missed oh, Seidel's did entrance at all. That must have been a fight thing or something. Because oh, okay, okay. So then, okay. So I because Seidel okay, Seidel didn't get an entrance at all except the intro. Okay, all right. And Wardlow. So did. Wardlow did get an entrance. Okay, so yes. I mixed that up. Um, I, I would say like Wardlow just kind of looks like a bigger jack sidell honestly but um they uh so he comes in he does four power bombs and the ref stopped it that was it that was the whole match and then he exits through the crowd so <laughs> i assume he's gonna end up with christian's group <laughs> i you know because he needs a father but taking I, over I for know. taking over for our luchasaurus maybe or maybe a tag team luchasaurus I, and wardlow would be a pretty kick-ass tag team i think i deal with that too i'm just yeah i'm uh i'm hesitant We've okay. we've been down this road before. Oh, I know. They just they do this, and then he'll get a title match, and then we won't see him again for six months. Yeah, we'll have um, him win the title, and then we won't have him defend the title ever. Yeah, Excalibur literally says to the back, and uh, to remarkable Renee Paquette, and we're going to get a medical update on Chris Jericho. Chris is being attended to by a doctor while they're surrounded by <laughs> like technical equipment, and he's like sitting on a box, and I'm like. They don't have a trainer's room or like somewhere that they could do this. No, no, this is a little mom guy. and pop shop company. This is, this yeah. is a small little indie. 
not not backed yeah. by billions of dollars or anything like that. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, Daniel Garcia comes up and he he's the only medical about... equipment they have is a hacksaw and a stick. Yeah. <laughs> and and that kinesia tape. Yeah. Um, so D- Daniel Garcia comes up and he's going to ask him, and Matt, Matt Menard comes right behind him. He's like, "What are you doing?" He said, and he says, well, geez, "This is our friend. We've been with him for years." And Menard says, "We're better than this." And he walks away, and Garcia just kind of looks at him, and he looks the other way, and then he just follows Menard. And Jericho's, you know, no reaction to any of this. Um, I, it's really interesting what they're doing with Daniel Garcia. Um, he uh, it, he got interesting pinned. is the word you're going to use. Okay, continue. Well, well, I'm just going to say like it sucks to be Garcia. Um, a year ago, he beat Brian Danielson, and one now he's, foot out the door. Yeah, has yeah. to be because he took four finishers in a match yeah. and got beat. Yeah. And I've heard, oh, this is the start of a big push. I'm like, mm, yeah, it's a big push out the door. I think is what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so it's yeah, very interesting. But although uh, he's gonna walk into in NXT doing that dance and he'll be mad over. <laughs> I think he'll do real well there, and I think he could do real well here if they pushed him right. But they're not so. Uh, I think they hadn't have beat Danielson, and then what they've done with him since is like promotional malpractice. In my opinion. Yes, it is. It's it's character. I'm a, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm a big fan of Hints, but so I, I'm I'm hoping whatever happens, whether it's AW or WWE, that uh, you know is good stuff. He's very young. I think he's only 24. I so. think he's miscast, and I think the problem is you need him as a killer and you're trying to make Hobbs into a killer. You need to put him over as a technical killer somewhere. And maybe they should have put him in the fricking Blackpool combat club instead of Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. (laughs) Did I say that at the time? But at the same time, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you stick him on collision. You have him cut a promo where it's like, all right, I've learned everything I can from being a sports entertainer. Now it's time for me to be the technical badass that I not technical wrestler, technical badass that I am, and just have him break a few arms. That's what I want to see. Yeah, 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 that'd be great. Uh, next up, Hangman Page and Jay White. Um, uh, <laughs> the guns and Juice Robinson came out in tricycles. I have no idea why, but it was funny. those weren't tricycles, those were big wheels. Oh, were they? Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, they had the card blade with them. And uh, this is an eliminator match for MJF's belt that Jay White stole. And Taz had to remind us, you know, for those that might be tuning in for the first time, Jay White isn't really the champ. And uh, so they they had a match. Uh, it was real good. It You know, it's like similar to the Danielson Strickland match. I mean, it would, the match itself wasn't the same at all, but it was similar in the sense that it was like a pay-per-view match. So that, you know, that you would see on pay-per-view, it did go through two commercial breaks. So in that sense, probably as a TV match, it wasn't as good. Um, but you know, it was a, you know, this was one where, you know, close your eyes and picture a hangman page, Jay white match. And that's what you got. Um, Jay white wasting time, hangman page, you know, just setting things up. He was selling his knee for most of the match, which I think dates back to the match they had at Wrestle Dream. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and Jay White was continually targeting the knee. Hangman was going for his signature moves. And sometimes he's hit them, sometimes he wouldn't, but he'd kind of always come down selling his knee. Um, and uh, so the, uh, the the finisher spots came where uh, Jay White went for a floater, but Hangman powered out. Jay White took out the knee again, hit a sleeper suplex, but then Hangman hit him with a snap German. Hangman was setting up the buckshot, but he couldn't do it. Jay White went for the Blade Runner. Hangman hit the Deadeye. Uh, Black, Black, whoa. Bullet Club Gold 
just started distracting the ref and they counted, but he only got two. Then Nana showed up at ringside and tried to hit Hangman and uh, Jay White rolled him up for the pin and got the three count. Um, the other thing of note that I will say is the uh, Juice Robinson and the guns were unbelievable at ringside. They were sitting down on the mats with their backs to the barricades through almost the whole match. And Juice Robinson was like sticking his legs up in the air and like pointing at his taint. And the guns were like, we're not doing anything. And it was, I, they were well, so great. It was set up by a remarkable thing where they, where, where Jay White tells him, I don't want you guys interfering. Go stand over there. Yeah. And so like they- children in a kindergarten class. Yeah, pretending to behave themselves, they go over and they 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 all sit. They are all standing shoulder by shoulder and like slide down the guardrail to sit down. Then, and that's yeah. and, and Juice is always yelling something. Yeah, that you can hear. They, and, uh, yeah, um, I liked this. This crowd didn't get into this match. No, um, no until I, until he he kept teasing the buckshot. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is a good sign for Jay White. I, I I just it's one of those things where it's like nobody was there to see the match between Hangman and Jay White. They were there to see Hangman. And yeah. well, they've got they've got five weeks to build up this match. So yes, it was six last week. They've now wasted yeah. yet another <laughs> week, and they've actually um, dug themselves a hole thanks to the quarters crap that we went over earlier. But uh, yeah, okay, the match happened. Uh, yeah, and I you know I liked the the. Uh, intra show story where yeah. hangman is there for that first match with danielson and then nana comes back later for hangman's match to try and get revenge i thought that was fine and they and and then they were both out at the end as well yeah so this this, this whole show was very much like the hangman swerve and tony storm show um you know like that i mean clearly like they they were multiple segments and i will say that is another change in aw where they are focusing on people throughout the show as opposed to you're out for your segment and then we don't see you again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. You know, like it keeps people tuned in. Um, and and maybe that is something they're getting from WWE. I don't know because WWE does that. But, you know, it's also something that's been done traditionally in wrestling. For, WWE you know. is having a very good run of having moving parts in singular angles. And they yeah. haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, it, this makes it feel like there's only six people on the show sometimes though, um, <laughs> yeah. out of a roster of a hundred and however many, you got but, one yeah. women's match in every show and somehow you got to figure out a way to get Tony storm involved in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty um, much it. I mean, yeah. 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 Let's get um, to this promo. But, that was dreadful. All right. So the promo, uh, there Jay's celebrating and MJS music hits and he comes out and he's like, cut my music. And uh, he says, he calls Jay a son of a bitch. He said, you wanted a main event match. You got it. You're welcome. But give me back the world title, the triple B. Crowd's trying to give it back. MJF shuts it down right away. He's not playing sing-along with The Rock this week. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't say, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. do any of the, hey, are there any devil worshipers here? He nope. is all, I loved this, MJF. All business. He says, he says, Jay White, you took it to, uh, what did I write down here? Uh, oh, Sorry. Sorry. No. Uh, so he's give it back. Be a man. And then Jay White says, I took this to four and uh, and repeat yourself. I, I couldn't hear you very well. And he says, these people don't want to hear from MJF. They want to hear from J-A-Y. And he tells the crowd to shoosh like he's Chad Gable. Crowd's booing heavily. And he says, your scumbag wants a triple B back. The bang, bang belt. I kind of like that. And he sa- and the crowd's shining, shut the fuck up. 
And then Jay looks at them. He says, you know what? I was going to say yes, but you're too rude. So no, I'm not giving it back. And then Max says, okay, I'll be the bigger man. He says, I know you better than you because I was you. Lord knows I'm trying. You're the guy that doesn't give a damn about everyone else. You'll do whatever it takes. Use and abuse people. Those guys deep down, you could give a shit about any of them. He says, you're using them to get where you want to be. And that's right out of the MJF playbook. But unlike you, every day I try to be a better man. It's hard and I hate it. But for the first time in my life, when I look in a mirror, I don't punch the, the, the reflection. And I've earned these people's respect. Jay White, there's two things I care about. My brother, Adam Cole, and he's dealing with that injury. And I hate that. And he says, and if dealing with your shit isn't enough. And he says, and your title, and that title. He says, you call it a belt. That's my livelihood and my legacy. When you win the AW World title, it makes you the best wrestler in the goddamn world. They they bleeped out that, but nothing, yes. all his other swears they allowed. I thought that was interesting. There's a couple uh, other says, swears that they bleeped, but yeah. Did they? Okay. He says, I hate your guts. If those guys weren't surrounding you, I've already broken your back and your neck and taken back what's mine. I know how talented you are. You're next level and elite. Someday you'll join the exclusive club of being an AW World Champ, but that day is not today. Do you understand me? Do the hard thing once in your life. Dig deep. Be a man. Show some respect to the sport, to AW, and to these fans. And give me back what you have not yet earned. And uh, they're all laughing at him. And White says, I didn't earn this, huh? He says, and you're just asking me to give it back to you? He says, thanks for coming and asking me face-to-face instead of jumping me from behind in your cute little devil mask like you did before. But you can't just ask for this. You have to earn it. And he says, you have a match coming up. Just be patient. You'll get your chance, and you'll fail. Max, 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 if you can't be patient, if you can't just if you can't wait, come down and take it. You don't have your goon squad with you, so you're not coming down. He said, but but if you can find three people who can tolerate you and team up with you, maybe you can fight us and get your belt back. And they should have just ended the segment there. But they didn't. So before we get to uh, Mr. Robinson, anything you want to add about that you, you haven't already said about this MJF? You reading the... You reading the text of the promo really it's weird because I thought Jay White came off as notoriously lightweight in this promo. I, I and, and not in and not promo. in control and a little bit too no. whimsical at, at, at times. Like uh, you reading the text makes it not seem as bad as I think it came off to me. I don't know what it was, but it was just yeah. J- j- you know, I get that Jay White was trying to do the I'm the one in control here and you're all angry and you need to calm down type of a thing. But there was something to it that just kind of really made me seem like he was being almost too whimsical about it. And I was just like, OK, I, I, I didn't like Jay White here at all. I thought he I thought he didn't hold up his end of the bargain for some reason, even though the text of the promo is good. And what okay, it should I'm be. Not I, a Jay White fan. I think I think maybe I, you need to to connect the beating he took and him being a little bit more angry about that, as opposed to just dismissing it. You and your little goon squad aren't here. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. As as opposed to no, I did this because you kicked my ass with four other guys, and I'm keeping this until I get you know so, something like that. Yeah. I don't know necessarily, but there was just something wrong with it. I thought, and it was just. It felt like MJF was was trying to sell the hate and the fight, and Jay White was just kind of blowing it off and not really uh, giving into it necessarily. I'm th- like you said, five weeks. Maybe I wanted angry Jay White here. Maybe I wanted in more in control Jay White, but uh, I, the Jay White part just didn't work for me. 
Uh, Sideswipe, uh, Jason brings up. The problem with Jay White and Bullet Club Gold is their DX 1998, which works for upper mid-carders. To be a main eventer, you need your Triple H in 1999 pivot. Um, that's a good point. I would actually compare them more in a way to the um, the Rock and uh, the Nation just before that, whereas Jay White is the Rock before he became the Rock, where he's trying to find himself. But he, he, the problem with that right is you here. had the problem with that is you had Farouk, who was well, no, I'm know, talking yeah. after they got rid of Farouk. So when okay. it was just The Rock and D'Lo and uh, Godfather and Owen, I think was was in there, right? For for a little while. Um, oh, you're thinking but, like but the yeah, Rock the, Crush Owen one? Yeah, but this DX thing, you know, maybe that is a better comparison because yeah, for a while there, Triple H was you know before he got serious, you know, I guess it was kind of when they kind of were half adjacent to the corporation, and uh, you know, and, and and it was that like that could be. But again, I like Jay White here, so I don't know. And and Matt okay. you know, points out that this is the first segment that got him hyped to see the match, and he thought Jay White did well. All like right. I said, I thought I thought I like Jay White, but I but might again, be wrong. You know, I might be I I might be wrong here. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I was just watching. We'll see. I don't you know think, what? Yeah. The the key will be what kind of reactions he gets the next time we see him. Mm-hmm. You know, if the crowd is taking him more seriously, then you know, then everyone did did their job. Um. Yeah, this is a point, you know, and, and you know, all wrestling, Bud Dalla back and forth, segments that go too long and never end at the peak. This was constant when I used to watch WWE with their 20-minute opening segments. Again, I thought the peak of no, this. He's correct on that, too, because for me, I always liked that the guys don't talk to each other except maybe but once in the entire build, that they're yeah. instead they're just coming out to whatever studio wrestling they're at. Yeah. They're, they're looking in the camera and they're talking to the guy as opposed to having a conversation. That, that to me, works a lot better in yeah. a build than the back and forth dialogue. But, but here, of course, I'm also told that wrestling has passed me by so continue <laughs> they could have ended it they could have ended at the peak and i thought the peak was him telling mjf go see if you can find any friends and you can fight us yes but yeah but juice you have a robinson, present for them yes juice robinson brings up that next week we're going to have a dynamite dozen battle royal for mjf's ring now this is usually a little bit later in the year but they're they're doing it here and they later announced that the winner is going to face MJF for the ring on October 25th. So Juice says, I'm going to throw my name in and I'm going to win that battle royal. And then we're going to have everything you love, you idiot. And he says, but I'm going to give you a real present, something you're going to like. And he pulls out a roll of quarters with Friedman written across it. And he says, this, I got $10 worth right here and I'm going to break it against your jaw. And after you, after we ruin your life, Max, if you come at me, he says, Max says, if you, or no, Max says, if you come at me with those quarters, I'll ruin your life, you piece of shit. And he throws the mic down and walks off. And uh, Jay White says, this goes to them and it goes to you. We got two words for you. Guns up. And that's it. So, yeah. yeah I thought MJF sold the quarters thing pretty well, but yeah, definitely shouldn't have done it. Yeah, we talked for 15 minutes about that. We don't, we don't need, need to go to. back in, but uh, he sold it well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, I think Juice wins the ring and then gets the match against Max and loses, and that sets up Jay, but that's me. That's that what I would be. do, I think. Um, they cut to commercial uh, in the middle of Excalibur talking again, and uh, and then I guess at some point during the commercial, they started hearing another Tony Storm movie. Um, again, I, I wasn't watching. This one was even more preposterous. 
because okay. she decides to break the fourth wall and i think tries was it's about to she, she says i love you and she goes in to make out for the camera and then it just cuts and then it, and then it shifts over to the commercial full time it was oh okay weird they come I'm back here, i'm here and... for her unrepentant stupidity i just don't want her involved in the time i am so over tony storm but i will say there's one thing i like about the act uh well actually there's more than one thing i like about the act but um the uh what she's doing for the finish like with the close-up and then she does the running hip attack and then right into the storm zero i love that and that's yeah. i mean that's going to be over as a finishing sequence like it's yes. probably already in. Yeah. no it is so yeah uh so next we got hikaru shida and soraya and this was bizarre <laughs> um soraya just beat the shit out of her over and over and over again this was not dissimilar to Powerhouse Hobbs and Chris Jericho. Soraya got a couple comebacks, um, probably a little stronger than Jericho, you know, in the comebacks. But uh, and then they they cut to a point before the commercial where um, you know Ruby Soho had been barred from ringside, and uh, someone covered up completely in black approached Sheeta, and uh, of course she she has a spray can and she r- removes her her hood and it's it's Ruby and uh, and then out comes Tony Storm. Uh, with a shoe and she starts beating on her and she threw her into the crowd and chased her off as they went to commercial. And then they come back from commercial. It's just Saray and Sheeta. And again, so she just, just beating the crap out of her over and over again. So Soraya got a couple comebacks. She ended up at one point, she hit the, uh, the, the former page turner, I think what's it called? The night, the nightcap. And, uh, and then Sheeta kicked out and the crowd's chanting, let's go Sheeta. And then Soraya grabbed the spray paint and the kendo stick. And I think everyone thought, okay, the ref took the stick. Soraya sprayed her in the eye and then she hit the nightcap again, but she'd have kicked out. And then Soraya's doing the WWE shocked face thing and the crowd's chanting, holy Sheeta. And Taz is even chanting, holy Sheeta. And then she'd have hit the Falcon Arrow, but she only got two. And then they did like the rolling reversal spot. And I was expecting, you know, they're going to do like five or six of these. And then, you know, like Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn, and then they're going to stop and the fans going to cheer. But on the second one, she just pinned her. And that was it. It was over. She is the new champ, three-time champ now, I think. And yeah, she Soraya won the belt. Wembley lost in her first defense. Um, she I mean, didn't defend it this, before this. I thought she defended it. Uh... Nope. I don't think so. Let me pull up. I got cage match right here. Uh, she might have defended it once. Um, I thought she defended it yeah. once, but... I might be uh she she oh she actually defended against tony storm at grand slam my bad yeah so the big yeah and uh yeah that was it the only other match she's even had since uh the uh thing was a six person match where the outcast beat brit hakaro and chris Dallander. so this almost came off like a write-off <laughs> like i don't know if it was but a I don't little know how bit long it... um i actually liked this um <laughs> yeah no i did too like i'm not uh yeah, i thought it I comes thought, off I like thought, i didn't i yeah no, I no but i thought the, i thought the ruby spot was really well done especially the paint right in the face good for ruby for taking that yeah. there, there was a weird thing though in this match and i don't know if you noticed it and I, I don't know if it's because we're, we're now starting to notice that the crowds are a little smaller at dynamite mm-hmm. um so they're doing a lot more small venue stuff in terms of like banter between like Soraya not only was talking to Hikaru Shida in the ring, yelling at her, calling her a fat cow, blah, blah, blah. She was yelling at people in the audience too. And I was like, 
Well, I know yeah. she's always done that, but she made a point to do that. And it was a, like one of those things where I'm watching, I'm going, and I'm wondering, have they have they shifted strategy to small arena type work? Because you were getting a lot of that too. Like in the Orange Cassidy uh, Phoenix match, he is yelling during those forums, uh, 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 and you yeah. can hear it. And I'm just like, huh. I'm wondering like if they're studio if, wrestling. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, yeah. you know, almost empty studio wrestling too. It was very like, NXT. like, ba- <laughs> like, well, no, well, like Bailey would do a lot of that. Bailey would oh, always yeah, yeah, yeah. have a comment or something like that to, for everything in the match. That's why she was the best at it when during the empty arena days from either company, in my opinion. Charlotte but, was really good at that. Charlotte too. was really good at it too. But um, yeah, it was, it was just something, it was just kind of a weird thing about it. But uh Look, if this is a write-off for Soraya, um, I think they've gotten all they can out of her. No offense I don't know to what her. else you do with her. Yeah, I, no, she's I mean, not, unless, unless going to be a manager. Like, she's or, not or a great wrestler. She's not that great of a manager because she doesn't really cut yeah. great promo. She cuts, you know, a good snide calling somebody baby girl. You know, but that's she, about um, it. I think she already, like, I think we set her over under at, like, 10. Yeah, I think she's already beat that. Uh, Fifteen. Yeah, no, I she's think they've 14, gotten a, or she's had thirteen matches in AEW. So, I am wondering when her contract is up. If it's soon, I'm I don't know. I don't, she I, debuted. She debuted at Full Gear last year. So okay, so if it was a one year deal, deal, maybe she gets yeah. a swan song with Ruby in a tag match or something to that effect. But I don't see them re-signing her. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. If if it, I, I don't know if it was a one year contract or not, but I guess if it's not, if it's um, not, she may be sitting at home for a couple of years, and and I don't think she. They could bring her either. in, and they could link her with Mercedes. You know, they, they could. Want. Yeah, that could work. Um, but yeah, it won't work. Uh, but they could do that. <laughs> um, then they cut to the announcers, and Excalibur announced that Jericho has been taken to a local medical facility. I thought that was weird because. I assume they said hospital. They, that... they said hospital. Oh, did they? Yes. Okay. I guess I'm just got WWE brain and I instantly think medical facility. Um, but they, yeah, I thought that was weird because like, usually when they do that, it's, there's a reason for it. Like that. Oh, we were going to wonder later on why Jericho's not out there. And, and I mean, there was, would have been no reason for him to be out there. So was um, this the, just... the time they also announced the toys for tots thing, or is that later? In the yes. Day? Yes. So that, no, that was in the same spot. So Tony was so excited about, <laughs> this announcement at uh you know it's the most favorite announcement he's ever given and i think it's fifty thousand toys for kids is that what they said from tbs yes. Yes. yeah so that was nice you know yeah, I, it's I very so very nice and millions of poor children will be opening those gifts and going they don't wrestle <laughs> on smackdown or raw <laughs> who's this dinosaur um <laughs> but but i was gonna say you know you know what tony storm has become is she's now female danhausen in a way. Uh, well, she's a better wrestler than he is. No, she's a much better wrestler. Don't get me wrong, but it's like hey, we got in, ter- in terms rampage. of in terms we... of matches that aren't hers. She comes out yeah, yeah, yeah. to throw shoes at people and get the laughs and get them out of there. We got a we got a video that Danhausen coming back on one Did of the we? shows on the weekend. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the weekend. I only watched that tag match on Collision. That's it. Oh, okay, yeah. No, there, there's he's coming back, and it was like uh, it was done in a kind of a weird like a. Like an old time, uh, you know, like oh no, I take that back. I saw part movie. of this. Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was a song, and and it was like 
Danhausen's coming back. Danhausen's, you know, something like that. It was like, yeah, I don't, I, I can't remember it, but it, it was, it was, it was good. It was very much in the spirit of Danhausen. So, yes. very good, very evil. He's, a, he'll be back. We got our rundown: uh, Rampage, Gates of Agony against Claudio and Wheeler, uh, Sky Blue and Emmy Sakura. So that's for Jeff. Yes. Uh, Daniel Garcia, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Edge against the Hardys and Brothers Zay. Can we just get the Hardys off television? Like what? <laughs> uh, Jay Lethal and Trent Beretta. Like, give me the Dark Order. Like anybody, but I. Uh, uh. Uh, Collision. We're gonna see uh, Christian and Brian Danielson for the TNT title. That's all that's been announced for that show. And next week's Dynamite. They mentioned Juice Robinson spoiled it, but the Dynamite doesn't battle Royal, and we'll get more matches announced on Rampage and Collision. So, um. Matt says there's a red flag. What's the red flag? Was it a Jericho thing or what? I don't know. I'm sure he'll elaborate. Um, and uh, this is where Callus starts cutting a promo as they went to break. And uh, and then I, as I was fast forwarding, I saw a bunch of signs. So I, I they seemed like they were mocking Sammy. In fact, I, think I didn't, one of I didn't them, read them it. Even, one of them <laughs> even mentioned Sammy. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's this was totally just mocking Sammy because he's injured. And uh, back from break, and it was Renee with MGF in a hallway somewhere. She asks about the words from Juice Robinson and everything that else that happened. MJF says, I'm not in the mood. He says, normally I would be, you know, I'd be talking up a storm, but I don't want to talk about this stuff right now. And then he said, I just want to call my boy and, and get some advice. So uh, he actually calls Adam, and Adam answers, and MJF's all excited. And he says, where have you been? He says, I'm still at Roddy. He still needs help here. And then MJF's like melding. Roddy, like, are you kidding me? And he says, MJF says, I've been attacked left and right. They stole the triple B. Samoa Joe wants a title shot, apparently. And Cole's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And then all of a sudden, the call breaks off. And uh, so then he's just shaking his head. And the acclaim shows up. And uh, Max Caster offered to be partners with him because he said, you know, Juice Robinson or, you know, Juice and Jay said, you know, you, you guys, you need a partner. And then Max just looks at him and he just shakes his head and walks away. And then Billy's like, what are you doing offering up our services while talking to you? And, and what's your infatuation with him? And, uh, and he says, well, he's my friend and he doesn't have a lot of friends and we train together and we've been friends for 10 years. And I thought, I don't, I thought MJF didn't have any friends, but um, Caster said, uh, and plus I like when he gets hard, when he plays hard to get. And then uh, Billy and, uh, and uh, Anthony just kind of walked away, shaking their heads. And I thought Max Caster could not have looked like a bigger geek in this segment than he's ever looked in his life. This entire segment swerved the hell out of me. Because I thought when it was like the, you know, I got a lot going on, it was going to be time for the, hey, you know what? That was out of line for Juice to do that in there at this time and place. Instead it was, I need to call Adam Cole. And then do wacky comedy with the acclaimed. And I just went, huh. All right. Great. When when you described that segment last week, I mean, I, I was like, what are they doing? And then I watched it and I put out on Twitter, what are they doing? And somebody said to me that, oh, you know, this is clearly leading to a match with MJF and the acclaimed and Billy Gunn against Black Bullet Club Gold. And it's like, it is? (laughs) <laughs> like and apparently it is well well no max and max and uh max caster and they... are doing this weird <laughs> the only way you're going to describe it is homoerotic thing on on twitter 
Or it's like, isn't he a good-looking man? Yes, isn't he a good-looking man? And they've now brought it onto television with no explanation. And well, I mean, they're trying to explain it, but... No, they're not. They're just doing bits with Max and MJF. That's well, all no, they're he's dead. There. We've been friends. We trained together, and, you know, like... So I guess we're supposed to believe they're. They real haven't brought up friends. the gist of. They haven't brought up the gist of of the tweets though. So no, it, no, no, no. And uh, Renee re- referred to them, and she said she's weird, seen yes. them, but yeah. they didn't explain them. Yeah. yeah. And I assume this is going to end up with them showing up to save him, you know, in an attack at some point, and then they'll do the tag match. Maybe the Anthony Bowens and Juice Robinson will be the last two people in this battle royal. Yeah, this week. also feels like it might be even a. Uh lead to the kingdom versus the acclaimed for the six man or maybe the acclaimed versus the kingdom to see who gets to be max's partners <laughs> no please no <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised um i do remember this thing matt brought up my former co-host on this show uh that was hiring dan house and was red flag i didn't like at the time that happened i you know i was kind of like yeah i don't get it but whatever and I would say, like, he's got his fans, but it hasn't really. When they say, when he says red flag, does it mean for the tone of the show that's going to go gear more into comedy yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's probably right. So. Yeah, yeah. No, in I, retrospect, I, I know. And yeah, I know. And Parker is, you know, I know Parker and I talk to him, you know, off still occasionally. And he's kind of a little down on AEW uh, of late. So, um, although I don't want to speak for Parker. So if I'm wrong, uh, don't sue me. But yeah, I thought like Max Caster here, like it, 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 way bigger dweeb than Roddy Strong, you know, ever could hope to be. I just such a geek. Like yes, this is this is 60s television variety show. This is laughing we're now doing. His acting was so bad. It was I broad. Just, I, it was broad and bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Christian music hits. He goes to the ring with a mic. They showed highlights from collision of his crew taking out Darby. He says, Kansas City, keep the noise down while I conduct my business. You should be happy that you have a champ you can be proud of. Unlike your Chiefs, I don't need extra help to win, get any wins. And he says, I left a lot of people's jaws on the floor with the three words I said to the radar superstar. I left him with his junk in his hands and that stupid look in his face he's had for years. He said, I found it interesting that he said that Lucha Source and Nick Wayne would churn on me based on his experience. I didn't take some ragtag group and dress them up like it's Halloween and they're tough guys. So that was a reference to Judgment Day. Yes. Uh, he says, I'm not their leader. I'm their father. And he says, you almost made me smile and get me with that big rah-rah speech. Let's finish our careers together. It's funny you didn't have that same sentiment a few years ago when I was being deliberately held back, even though I was clearly the more talented of us. Why didn't you want to get back together then, Adam? My, how things have changed. As your career is on a downward slope and my career keeps climbing to new heights, I'm the hottest star in this business. You need me. I don't need you. And he says, I can't blame you for being a fan, Adam. I have a lot of fans. Your wife, Beth, is a huge fan. I'm already getting bored of this, and I'm going to have my right hand of destruction end you once and for all. And your two little girls, uh, Ruby and uh, whatever the other one's name is, uh, will be well taken care of. And Beth, put some clean sheets on the bed because your new father is coming home, girls. (laughs) This is perfect. Other than, other than the shot at at the Judgment Day, I did think the treatment of I was getting held back in the other company and then just glossing over that <laughs> and getting to his actual career in AEW was well done in this promo. It, yeah. They usually just dwell on that a little bit too much, and yeah, I think the, no, it, and I think the more... and I think the edge part will dwell on it, which is going to be unfortunate in many ways. 
Well, it was it, it the what was good about it was it came off more like they screwed up. Yeah, as opposed to I didn't get it done over there. Yes. You know, it was like they had me and they blew it. Like that's that's what this was, which I mean, you don't hear that very often. And then we got the most um, WWE match to ever be on AEW oh, yeah. television. Well, first Edge's music hit, and I'm going to go back and forth between Edge and Adam Copeland because it's Edge. Yes. Um, and uh, he rushed the ring, but Christian bailed, and then Nick Wayne clipped him from behind, grabbed his leg, and Luch- Luchasaurus gave him the extinction lariat to the back of the neck, uh, which is basically just a clothesline. And uh, Bell hadn't even rung yet, and crowd was spurring Edge on, and he makes it to his feet, and he tells the ref, ring the damn bell! And Lucha attacked him right away. And then, yeah, then we then we got the match. Total WWE match. It was just slow plotting. Um, Luchasaurus just beating on him and beating on him and beating on him. And it was, again, I mentioned this, like this, there was like four matches on the show that were like the Powerhouse Hobbs, Chris Jericho match. And this was one of them, except that one was like a three-minute match that should that went seven and a half. This one was a 15-minute match. It should have gone about four. Um, but they just kept going and going and going. And, you know, Adam Cole Copeland didn't even get many, like, hope spots. He, at one point, he hit a diving DDT, and then Luchasaurus would just take over, and then it got slow again. And this was not the match for his first match, I, I don't think. Like, I think he's capable of better than this. Um, he's – go ahead. I'm actually concerned – um, because look, Cody had that run in the Indies to learn how to work other styles and then go to New Japan and Ring of Honor and he did PWG and stuff. And uh, Ed, uh, Copeland only has 20 some odd years in WWE. Are we going to need Chris, to have to Chris, do this every time? Christian worked TNA for a while. Yes. Plus, Plus, his style was more similar to an AEW style than yes. Edge's is. This all revolved around the spear. This entire yeah. match just and plus you know. Ed, plus Christian doesn't actually wrestle all that often, um, you know. Which apparently, by all accounts, Edge is going to wrestle all the time. But yeah, it was like he kept going for the spear, and then you know, like there'd be different things. Nick Wayne set up a chair in the corner, you know, in the corner at one point, and Edge speared that, and uh, you know, and and yeah, so eventually he hit a springboard off the steps. And hit a spear on Luchasaurus on the outside. Both guys were down. Fans are chanting, holy shit. It was like seven of them. Christian runs down with the belt. Copeland got it, nailed Luchasaurus. And then he tossed the belt back to Christian. And Luchasaurus is looking at him. And he thinks Christian did it. And then uh, Luchasaurus turns around. He gets hit by an, an edge with a spear. And literally, like, I'd say Luchasaurus took 90% of this match. Um, no, that's you know, good. And yeah, and and yeah, but Edge got the win, and uh, yeah, so uh, the, total the WWE belt, match, and not yeah, even the, a good one. And and the belt shot made no sense because in the beatdown afterwards, Luchasaurus never went for Christian. Oh, no, I mean, he looked at him and he kind of questioned it for a second. And then when they were doing the post match beatdown, um, you know, they, there was a little bit of hesitation, I will say um uh you know from from luchasaurus but he beat he 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 participated as yeah you know on christian's side through. and helped him out there so it was yeah. kind of like okay yeah this was 1531 this was almost the second longest match in the show the danielson match was 30 seconds longer but um and it went oh one thing i would mention here the commercial that they went to right before this match started is the one production thing that I thought they screwed up on. And if we see bad numbers for this last segment, 
I wouldn't necessarily blame it on Edge because they went to commercial at exactly the top of the hour. And you do that, and that's where people are going to change the channel and go look for something else. Well, like, you to don't my knowledge, do what happened, I didn't, I wasn't following the other show closely, but the one thing I do know is I think Undertaker showed up right at the top of the hour. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> you know, that was a bad missed time. And, and so either you're going to go to wrestling or you're going to go to, you know, like whatever, like Chicago Fire or, you know, whatever's airing on other shows at 10 o'clock. Uh, because you don't want to be going to commercial at the top of the hour. You want to be on during that time. You either go three minutes before or three minutes after. But I thought that was bad timing, the, what they did there. But um, after the match, uh, they just had a big brawl. Nick Wayne took out Edge's knee, started pounding on him. Luchasaurus joined in. Christian's directing traffic. Brian Danielson makes a save, fought them all off, and then Luchasaurus took him out. Christian started pouncing on him at that point. Then out comes Claudio Wheeler. And everyone's brawling all over the place. Gates of Agony showed up. Hangman came out, and he starts brawling with Swerve. Edge hit Nick Wayne with the spear, and Cage was tapping out to the bell lock as they went off air. And, uh, yeah. And we're into our overrun, by the way. So uh, we're, Fight Game Media has graciously offered us this extra time. They, they really tried to lean into the uh, <laughs> Excalibur as JR. Screaming yeah. that everything has lost control here in this last part type of a thing, even though there was he never really got to that exasperated point. Yeah, this was I mean, this is usually what you do when you're going into a pay-per-view. So it's kind of weird that they did it here, but um it is a big show. And uh, you know what? You probably had a lot of people watching that, you know, maybe don't watch all the time. I don't know. Um, I can't imagine any they I don't imagine they took got any new fans tonight. I, I could be wrong, but um, I think if anybody got new fans, it was probably NXT, but I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, and overall, we'll, see if, we'll see if the discourse gets bad tomorrow. I mean, I thought it was going to be bad, but it's going to be even worse, especially if it, if, if, if Tony and, and MJF and company don't address the, the, uh, the elephant in the room, so to speak. So it, it, I, I, I mean, I'm interested in the numbers, but I don't care about the numbers. I think, uh, I think a, here, my prediction is AEW wins the demo and and uh, and NXT wins the total. That, I mean, that's the logical thing. Although I will say, Dave Meltzer did some math in the Observer this week, and uh, the he says like based on the patterns and where they were last year when they did the same thing, which I'd completely forgotten about that we had. I this did last too. Year. Yeah, yeah. But well, last year, if you if you do the percentages and how they did compared to how they've been doing. He predicted um, that AW would come in at around a 0.24 and NXT would be like about a 0.27. And the overall numbers, NXT would be around six and a quarter. Or sorry, not, uh, Dynamite would be around six and a quarter and NXT would be around 800,000. So Okay. No, um, I, I can, I can see that. I mean, both. look, yeah. WWE is a little bit hotter right now and they really loaded up on the stars and they pushed it hard yeah. on TV. So it's, it's and the, yeah. the intangible is you do have the baseball playoffs going on. You have the mm-hmm. NHL opening night, mm-hmm. which uh, you know is is big in certain markets. Uh, we got the debut of Connor Bedard, who is you know supposed to be the next big thing. And you have and people watching was, the news. And you have people watching the news, yeah. Which again, you know, uh, but maybe when tragedies w- happen, people wa- people watch news a lot. So it's it's one of those. Other things. than me. And uh, and <laughs> AW reminded us of it. So take it easy. Take it easy. People. Take it easy on yourself, Paul. You've said this a lot tonight. Uh, there's nothing. Yeah, I just I feel bad because I mean this was described to me what's going on, and I'm like I'm completely oblivious. So I yeah, so but, I'm uh, gonna, I'm going to be somewhat interested in what people's takeaway. That I I'm thinking that there are some people who are going to dismiss 
that part of it a little bit harder than I did, and that's I'm not going to get angry about it. I mean, I was I've, I've calmed down quite a bit, as you can hear from my demeanor since uh, yeah. the opening of the show. I've worked through my problems, I think, with it. I just uh, I, I may just stay off Twitter tomorrow. That's what I'm <laughs> well. Did you did you catch uh, Wrestling Observer Radio when uh, Brian Alvarez? Uh, he's he's yes. Dave, and he's like, I'll be on the, the moon. Are gonna... Well, he says I'll be I'll be out of the country, and Dave's like, Oh, really? Where are you going? And he's like. I don't know the moon anywhere but here, and uh, yeah. So Dave literally thought he was leaving the country. Yep. I thought that was so cute. Um, all right, Jeff, uh, we've been going a long time here. So uh, and I want to go watch that aforementioned hockey game that's sitting on my PVR. So, um, what yourself. you got for us? Yeah. Uh, at Crap Game Thirteen, I do a show on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network called Shake Them Ropes. Don't know who's gonna be on this week because. Tram Fest is happening in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Chris Novembrino's band is playing throughout it. So me and somebody, I'll be talking about the perfectly cromulent fast lane and uh, all the news about Tuesday that's going to come up throughout this week, and uh, we'll see what other hell is unleashed. Also, <laughs> that'll drop some. Oh, I'm sure this there's week. more coming. Uh, yeah, but uh, Twitter is where I put all my snark and arcane references. So uh, please come follow me. All right. And normally we're on Wednesdays, but, uh, you, you know, uh, you're probably listening to this on Wednesday morning. You'll also notice a show on your feed called uh, In the Clinch, the MMA podcast with myself and Ryan Frederick. We recorded that last night, but uh, we had a good show. I thought we we're previewing the upcoming show this week. We talked about Conor McGregor. Uh, we talked about some uh, Alistair Overeem, you know, retiring and a bunch of other stuff. So check Horse that out. Meat? Uh, we did not bring up horse meat. No, but I did. I think I compared uh, him to Mark McGuire. I, I know I did on the F4W board. I'm not sure if I did it on the show. But That's uh, not the worst comparison no. in the world, to be honest with you. No, no. So, uh, so for uh, Jeff Hawkins, I've been Paul Fontaine, and this has been The Dynamite Show. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.